We're continuing our series today on a stand. Say stand. stand. After having done all, we do what? Stand. We stand. We don't lean. We stand. So stand. Stand. Understand? Where's your understanding? Okay. Okay, where, please. Okay. I think there's going to be some words on the screen for you. But I want us to say these. I want us to actually pretend you're in children's church today. Okay? Some of you, that's not a stretch at all. You put your colors down and you're... Okay? So we're going to put on the armor this morning. And I want to do this because there's a certain order you need to put the armor on. Okay? It's given to us in the Bible in Ephesians 6. So first, I want you to just call it out with me. What is the first thing we put on is the... Belt of truth. Come on, put it on. Buckle it. Pull it tight. Okay, the second thing we put on is the breastplate of righteousness. Now, we actually, did you know the breastplate of righteousness fastens to the belt? We've been talking about that a little bit. The next piece is that we put on our what? Our shoes. Come on, get your shoes on. Shoes of what? Peace. The gospel of peace. Amen? Then the next thing we pick up, we have to do something else. We have to pick up something. We're going to pick up the what? The shield of faith. It's not that little tiny shield like Deborah had. It's a big shield. Okay? And it quenches what? Every fiery dart of the enemy. The next thing we do is we put on our helmet of salvation. Strap it on. Put that chin strap on good and tight. Because you need your helmet of salvation. It protects our minds. Amen? And then we get that. We have this other weapon. It's called the sword of the spirit. Get your sword. Now let's do this. Everybody do this. Man, somebody just got knocked out. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And, and that's, I can't wait to get to that, that sermon, that, that piece of armor. That's going to be so much, so special. And then there's another piece that we do after we put on that and stand. We do what? We pray always. See, a lot of people forget that part of the armor. You put all the armor on to stand, but then it says we, we pray always. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in however the Holy Spirit leads you. Pray in your prayer language. But we pray, and he said to pray always. So that's the, that's the armor. So here we go. One, two, three. First thing is what? Belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Shoes of peace. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit. And we pray. Amen. God bless you. Sit down. You have a seat. You need to know that. You need to memorize that. So you can put it on every morning, put it on at night, put it on during the day, pour it on when you know that the enemy is attacking you. But always be reminded that he says we need to put the armor on, okay? Ephesians, yes. We still have the papers out there. If you haven't got one, it's declarations about the, about the armor of God. So they're out there as you leave this morning. I met like four, I think four people today, first time here. And uh, be sure and stop by and get those, those papers that we have out there and also check in with our visitor center. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. His might. Okay? So if you're going, you can't, Put on the armor that you don't have access to. If you're not in the army of God, you, you can't wear his armor. It's just not, it's not there. It's not yours because you're not his. Amen? So if you're his, then you can put on his armor. He has his armor for you. So we've talked about that. Why do we have to put on the armor? Because we have an enemy. And the enemy, is his name is Satan, Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, the devil. 
And, and, he has, and he has an agenda. He has an agenda and it's to kill, steal, and destroy. He, he has levels of demons that he, I mean, he's, he, he has organized himself. So we need to be organized in what we wear and the armor that we wear because he is, he's, he's after you. He's after your kids. He's after you. He's after your job. He's after your finances. He's after your joy. He's after your testimony. That's what he is. That's what he does. The Bible is very clear that we have an enemy and that we need it to be, we need to have the armor on. Last week we put on the first piece of armor and that was the, the, the we were girded with the waist or the belt of truth. Now girded, I want to just remind you of this. Girded means attached, prepared, equipped to be ready. And the truth is what? The word of God. Say the word of God. And the word of God is, his name is Jesus, Okay. His name is Jesus, and without the belt of truth, none of the rest of the armor works. None of the rest of the armor works. You can, you can talk about all that armor you want, but if you don't know the truth, you're not going to understand any other piece of the armor. So you've got to have the truth of God in you. Amen? Amen? So we put on that armor last week, the truth, and it says in verse uh, 14, Stand therefore, having girded your weights with truth. And then the next thing is having put it on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I like how this is worded in this scripture. We can only truly stand having done all these things. Okay? Stand therefore having girded your weights with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. You can't stand. In other words, it implies that if you don't have those things on, you will fall. Say fall. fall. It's autumn, right? Okay. So it's fall. If, you don't have the, if you don't have the belt of truth on, and if you're not, if you're not, equipped with what God has you to be equipped with, if you're not putting it on, then you're susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. You've opened the door, you've allowed him to come at you, and he has every right to come at you if you're not armored up this morning. So what is it? We're going to talk about this. What is a breastplate of righteousness? I'm going to ask you some questions. Is it how good we are? Good answer. Is it how perfect you are? That's a good answer. Is it actually your righteousness at all? It is not. See, a lot of people think I can stand because I'm righteous in the sense that I am, I am, I'm living the, the, the good life. I'm living right. I'm, I'm living the best I can, the best life I know, and I'm trying to do things right. And we think that because of that, God's going to let us into heaven because we are, have some sort of form of righteousness within us. And we don't have any righteousness within us, church. We don't. It's His righteousness that covers us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, for he made, God made him, his, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that amazing? Does that blow your mind? That we become, the righteousness of God becomes in, uh, comes into us, covers us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 in the Amplified says this, He, God, made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be sin on our behalf, so that in him, in Jesus, we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. Say, I'm righteous because he is righteous. There's a theologian who wrote this, and I thought this was so good. So I'm going to read it to you. This is the whole truth of justification stated simply. Justification means justice is we're, we're, we're considered justified in his sight, okay? Our sins were on Jesus, and his righteousness is on us. And as Christ was not made sin by any sin inherent in him, he never sinned, 
but he was made sin. Okay, there's very careful wording here by the Apostle Paul. There was no sin inherent in him, inherent in him so neither are we made righteous by any inherent righteousness in us, but by the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. It was given to us by the goodness and the grace of God. We don't deserve it. We can't manufacture it. We can't live up to it, church. We have to receive it. We have to, have to understand that we get it. The day we get saved, we get the righteousness of Christ. Amen? The moment you say yes, we're covered by it every day, 24-7. So the, so the question is for us, and why do we need to put it on? That, that was my question. I've had, I've, I've, I ask these questions all the time. Okay, God, if I'm, if I'm righteous, if I've got the righteousness of Christ when I'm, when I'm saved, then why do, I, why do I need to actually put it on? What's, what's the deal? What, what's the purpose of that? And so here's, here's the first thing you need to know. Because of the righteousness of Christ, you, don't, you retain your salvation. You don't have to put it on to retain your salvation. You don't have to wake up this morning and I, I put on the breastplate of righteousness so, so, maybe, so you're, so you're going to be saved for the day. That's not what it's about at all. But he said to put it on because we have an, we have an enemy that's going to come after us to destroy us. That's why we put on the breastplate of righteousness. We already are righteous because of his righteousness, but we have to put it on. Let me ask, are there anybody, is there any military here today? The active military, active military. If you're an active, anybody active military, stand up if you're active military. Okay, Mark, thank you. Stand up. You're in the military. What's, what's your position in the military? How do I know that you don't have a uniform on? So are you in the military now? But you don't have a military. You don't have a uniform on. But you're still uh, in the military. Twenty-four seven. So, are you more effective with the uniform or without? When? Same. Okay. You have have a seat. How many of you any police officers in here today? Joe, you back there? Randy? Randy's got his uniform on. Joe's got his uniform on. Stand up, Joe. Come on, let's give Joe a hand. He's, he's the one that keeps you. He's the one that keeps you from getting run over out there. Joe, when you go to bed at night, do you sleep in that? Do you sleep in that uniform? I can't hear you. No, sir. Are you still a police officer in, even without the uniform? Yes. 24-7? You're still, you're still an officer. Randy, are you an officer whether you have a uniform on or not? So you're a Christian whether you have the armor on or not. The point I'm trying to make is. But when they put their uniforms on, all of a sudden they have an authority, and all of a sudden people recognize something about them that they might not recognize if they don't have their uniform on. You see Randy walking down the street just like that, or when his flip-flops on, his shorts on, you're like, you know, you don't know if he's a, an officer of the law, but he is, and he still has authority even without the uniform. See, as Christians, we, we walk around and we think, well, uh, I'm a Christian, so that's okay. I'm 24-7 a Christian, but we need to have the armor on because there's always attack is imminent. It's imminent. There's going to be an attack from the enemy. The Bible says to beware of his schemes. He's coming. How many, how many of you have had an attack this week from the enemy? Raise your hands. It's pretty much everybody in here. Okay. Did you know if you don't have your armor on, he can come at you here and here and here and here and here. He will hit you from the backside. You know, if he can't get into the front door of your house, he'll go around the back door. 
You know, if you, if you think you've got him whipped in this one area, he'll come at your weakness. And so you need to be armored up. You need to have the wrap around the breastplate of righteousness on. You need to have the belt of truth on. You need to have all the armor on because he's not going to stop coming after his, God's children. That's all he's got to do anyway. You know, three-fourths of the world is probably lost, so he didn't have to mess with them. He just messes with us. And he's got a lot of his demon, demon angels that come after us. Proverbs 3 says this, and, and many of us quote 5 and 6 all day long, but look at verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. You know, there are things that we've got to do, church. He says, bind them, mercy and truth around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. We don't lean, right? We stand. Lean not on your own understanding. There's that word standing, understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. In all your ways. How many of your ways? All your ways do what? You acknowledge him. And then he will direct your paths. Isn't this awesome? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Self-righteousness is wisdom in your own eyes. How many of you know people that are like so holy that you just can't stand to be around them? Because their holiness is, is a manufactured holiness. It's a legalistic mo- holiness. They point out all your wrongs. They point out all everything that you should be doing. And they're, they're just like you want to cringe because they're so holier than thou. That's called self-righteousness. It's not God's righteousness. And he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I'm going to ask you some questions. Were there days this week when you didn't trust the Lord with all your heart? If you're honest, you'll probably say yes. There have been days that we don't trust the Lord with all of our heart. How do you know? Well, you know, don't you? Because at the end of the day, you kind of look back and go, wow, I missed it. I missed it with you, God. Let me ask you this. Are there times when you do not acknowledge him? How many times during the day do we just go about our stuff and we don't even acknowledge that he's there in the midst of us? Are there moments when you walk in your flesh, in your own wisdom, and when you lean on your own understanding? Are there church? That means all those times you're doing those things, you are not armored up. And the enemy has, you are a fair game for him. And then you go, I wonder why things are just the way they are. I wonder why, I'm, I wonder why this is happening. I wonder why that's failing. I wonder why I'm not focused. I wonder why I'm losing these battles. Andrew said it in his testimony. Man, there were times I just didn't, you know, I just, no. Where are you, God? Where are you, God? But remember, we don't lean. We what? So we have to make an intentional, conscious decision to put on all the armor. That's what this whole series is about. You know, repetition is really good. That's a good habit to get into. Wake up in the morning. Before you even do anything, just put on the armor of God. Acknowledge the armor of God. Thank God for the armor of God. Put it on. If you have to be like a little kid and start, if you've got to get one of them little play sets and get it, you know, uh, do something. But... Understand that we need to start out our day armoring up to be ready for the day. Just like a soldier has to put on his breastplate before he goes into battle. We have to put on our breastplate of righteousness each day.
to protect us from Satan's lies and his schemes and his wickedness. Oh, man, and his attacks. You don't want to be exposed to the enemy. Say, I don't want to be exposed. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I, I did a little study on that, and uh, you shouldn't. I'm so glad you did, Pastor. Uh, but the breastplate, see, here's the thing. You, you, you're wondering, maybe you wonder, why, why did Paul use that as an illustration? Because every day he looked out, guess what he saw? A Roman soldier. He lived under Roman rule. So, and and he's, he's incarcerated while he writes this. So every day he's seeing these Roman soldiers come and go, and they're, they're changing of the guard, whatever it is. So he sees, he, sees their, he sees their armor that they're wearing. He starts paying attention to their armor, and he understands that they've got certain pieces of armor that they have on. And so God just shows him by the Holy Spirit, this is what I want you to tell my people. They need to put the armor of God on. Not that, not that armor, but the armor of God, a spiritual armor on. And when he looked at their breastplate, breastplates back then were like, they were like overlapping uh, metal. And, and so it could be, it was breathable, it was movable, but it would, it would deflect anything that would try to come out and stab them. And so we had this breastplate of, uh, of uh, armor over them, and it would be tucked and tied into their belt. So if you didn't have the belt of truth on, guess what? The breastplate of, the breastplate of, rights, or of their armor would start shifting, and it might even fall off. So they had to have everything attached. Right? You know, remember that song, Pants on the Ground, Pants on the Ground? <laughs> Some people don't have their belt attached. And you look around and say, well, I don't like the color of your underwear. <laughs> Pull them up, tighten them up, cinch it up. So we need, to have, we need to have this breastplate of righteousness, but again, it's got to be attached to the belt of truth or it does no good. Buckle up this morning, church. What is a breastplate cover anyway? You know, I didn't even talk about this last week, but when you talked about this belt that they had, it was a wide belt. And it had this stuff hanging down here in front of the you know what's <laughs> Because that's the seat of creation. Think about it. The loins, that's where you get all your strength from. They knew, the soldiers knew that you battle from here. They knew how to battle, so they had to be protected there. But guess what? The breastplate of righteousness covers up all your vital organs. All your vital organs covers your heart mainly. And so when you have these, he had, there were specific reasons that he talked about specific places or kinds of where this armor would fit you. 1 John 5, 21 in the Amplified says this, Little children, believers, dear ones, guard yourselves from idols, false teachings, moral compromises, and anything that would take God's place in your heart. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard this this incredible thing that God's put within us that beats and beats and keeps you alive and, and pumps the blood through your body. He said, you've got to guard your heart. Guard your heart and your mind. Bring your petitions before him. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will do what? Guard your heart your mind in Christ Jesus. You've got to cover your heart with righteousness, and it's the righteousness of Christ that we cover it with. It reminds us that we are in right standing with God. No matter way, the way you've lived, no matter what you've done, because of His righteousness, we are in right standing with God. Amen? Amen. Just like when your kids 
mess up. And they, 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 they totally mess up. And, and when they get older, they may mess up even more. But you look at your kids and you say, that's my son. That's my daughter. It doesn't matter what they've done. They'll never not be my son. They'll never not be my daughter. I've got them covered. I am there for them. That's how God looks at us. And we're covered. When we put on the breastplate of righteousness that covers our heart, it also protects us from the guilt and the condemnation that the devil will try to trap you with. He's always trying to tell you you're not worthy. He's always trying to tell you that you're a sinner. He's always trying to tell you that you're a failure. He's always trying to tell you that you will go back to your old sin, isn't he? That's what he does. And if you don't have an understanding of who and you're standing in Christ, that you're in right standing with him, not because of how good you are, how much Bible you've read, how many prayers you've prayed, but because the blood of Jesus covers you, that makes all the difference. The devil comes knocking at the door of your heart. You say, Jesus, would you get that? Amen. Jesus, you answer the door. And he, he said, I got you, Harold. I got you covered. When we speak of this piece of armor, look at Matthew 6, 33. It's one of everybody's go-to verses. But seek first the kingdom of God and what? Your righteousness or his? His, his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's our position. Amen? Say Position. That's the first thing we got to know. We do this in his might and his strength, not in ours. It's all about him, guys. We make it all about us so many times, but it's all about him. He says, seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. That where, how many of you know that if you, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you step in to the kingdom of God? You, you, you're a citizen of a new kingdom. Amen? Amen. So you, now you're positioned in Christ. And he said, seek first that kingdom. And then what? And his righteousness, not yours, his righteousness. And then he says, all these things will be added to you. And he's talking about, he's talking about your necessities of life. He's talking about your clothing, your food, and whatever provision you need. He said, you just seek me first. You get in your position. You put the armor on. You seek first my righteousness. I'll got you covered. And yet we get up. It's a good day. I think I have a cup of coffee. What do I want to do today? Where do I want to go today? What do I, who do I want to see today? And we don't even give God a thought. And so are you going out of the house naked? You know, if Joe, I'm going to use Joe as an example again. If he walked out in the street without his uniform on, and he started trying to stop cars, you know what we would think? Get that homeless guy off the street. Because you have a uniform on. He's not armored up. I doubt that they go on any raids into any, any places where there's a, a, a crime scene and just walk in like, hey, what's up? No, they go in protected. They go in alert. They go in looking around. They go, oh, I've got to be ready for this. I've got to be ready for the attack for whatever can happen. See, we, we just go out in this world and we think we're just going to lollygag through the world. We're going to lollygag through the day and everything's going to be okay. I'm okay, you're okay. We forget to put the armor of God on. Listen, it's important that we know that we have a battle out there. The enemy's coming after you. And if he can't get you, he will go after your kids. If he can't get your kids, he'll go after your grandkids. If he can't get your family, he'll go after your job. If he can't go ahead and get your job, he'll go after your finances. How many can, can attest to that? He goes after you, and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. I do, do I, can I even make that any clearer? He wants to kill you. 
You know, that's amazing that Paul has written all this incredible Ephesians. Ephesians is an incredible book. And he gets to the end and he says, Finally, after I've said everything I've said, you better armor up. You better put the armor of God on. You better seek first the kingdom of God. It's not about religion, church. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's imperative that we armor up every day. Romans 10, 8 says, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. This is Paul again. That if you confess with your mouth and believe where? In your heart. That Jesus is Lord. That God has raised him from the dead. You will be what? Saved. For with the heart. Say the heart. One believes unto what? righteousness why do you think we need that breastplate on with a heart one believes to righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation for the scripture says whoever believes in him will not be put to shame armor up church say armor armor up consistently seeking God and his righteousness will cause our faith to grow deeper and deeper and deeper I can, tell you that, I can tell you the Christians in here, the, 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 the ones that I know that are really mature in their walk, I guarantee you they'd, they'd walk with armor on all the time. They walk around and they know that they have to be ready from anything that the enemy's going to throw at them. And when we don't and when we fail, we get blindsided. We get exposed. What causes our, uh, the breastplate to become ineffective or damaged? It's a good question, isn't it? Anybody ever have any faulty armor? <laughs> Anybody ever have any things that you, you think you've got something figured out and it, it's not working so good, uh, the warranty's run out? <laughs> but what causes our armor to be defective? Well, for one, it's living a life of sin. And I'm talking about not, oh, man, I messed up. No, I'm talking about rebellion. I'm talking about disobedience, active disobedience. God said to do this. God said to go there. God said to do, you know, be this. God, God showed me something, and you just say, no, 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 I'm going to do it my way. That will, that will decrease the ability for you to put the armor of God on to be armor of God on and be effective in your life. It's like it's living in unbelief, disobeying God. It's refusing to forgive. It's seeking out your own righteousness or your own self-righteousness. When I, think about the, when I think about the robe of righteousness, I always think about the prodigal son. One of my favorite passages in the Bible, y'all know that. Luke chapter 15, if you can go back and read it. Remember the prodigal son? He, was, he, had, his, he had his position. Did he have a position? Yes, he did. He had, he, was, he had a dad, he had a brother. He knew what he was going to get. He had an inheritance coming, just like us. And yet he decided, I, would, I want to do this thing on my own. Are you getting the picture here? Sometimes, even as Christians, we decide we're going to do things on our own. And he left in rebellion and went out into the world, and he messed up totally. I think he went to Vegas. He found the wine, the women, and the, the gamut, all that stuff. And, man, he was living a high life, and all of a sudden there was a, there was a crash. You know, the, the stock market just blew up and went down. There was nothing left. He was broke. All of his friends left him, and he was, he was feeding pigs. That's a, the last thing a Jew wants to do is feed pigs for a living. 
He said, man, if I just eat, my, my, my dad's servants do better than this. So he, he went home, and he, ran, and he, he comes home, and he's got, a, he's got this speech prepared. He's going to tell his dad, oh, God, I, I've, dad, I've, I've messed up. Just make me one of your servants. Don't even count me one of your sons. Just make me a servant. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Before he could get the words out of his mouth, his dad comes running to him. It's a picture of God running to us when we come back, running to him. And, and it says, I want you to bring the, one of the things. He said, bring the sandals. Give, give me some good shoes, shoes of peace. So put a ring on his finger, royalty. You're, you're, you're back in this position. Put that ring on his finger. But the thing I love about it, because you know he had to stink so bad. He's a rubs over a stinky. That's from Nacho Libre, in case you don't know. It's my Nacho for the day. He's a rubs over a stinky. And the daddy said, bring the robe and cover him up. I liken that to the robe of righteousness. Isn't that beautiful? Just cover him up. See, we are stinky. Yeah, you're stinky. We're stinky. Our sin is stinky. God hates sin, and we, sometimes we sin way more than we want to, don't we? And we, and we kind of stink the place up, and God says, wait, 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 wait. I got this robe of righteousness. I got this breastplate of righteousness. I want to cover you up, son. And he covers us up. And we don't deserve it, but all of a sudden we smell so good. We smell like we've been Febrezed, you know? <laughs> we've been Febrezed by the Holy Spirit breeze. And he makes us smell good again. We need to put on that breastplate of righteousness. He's already robed us up in his righteousness, church. So he's saying, I want, you to, I want you to continue to walk in this righteousness. Be ready for the enemy. 2 Corinthians 2.10 says, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, for I have forgiven anything, I have for, forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of the ways he will get in to whatever armor you've let down, he will get into unforgiveness. And it says, Satan, he is not ignorant of our devices. You don't think he knows that we put armor on? He can read. But when he sees that you're armored up, and he knows that you're armored up, guess what? He ain't going to go after Lorenzo anymore. He's going to go after Amy. And if he can't get Amy, he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to look for somebody that's not armored up. And that's why if we're all armored up, guess what? We're a pretty good-looking army. And we smell good. But I'm telling you this morning, if you have unforgiveness to somebody, you, you're going to have a hard time walking in strength and in power when you've got unforgiveness or sin in your life that you're walking in disobedience. So we're, we're commanded to put on the armor of God. I've got a couple of more verses I want to read for you. Then we will close. 2 Timothy 4 this, says this. I charge you, therefore, before God, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Armor up. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Do you think we're in that time now? Are we in the evil day? We talked about this. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers 
and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. That's like New Age teaching. There are fables being taught in pulpits this morning. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. Finally, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul says, I put on the armor. I fought this fight. It's a good fight. I fought the fight of faith. I've finished my race. I've kept the faith. But look at this. This is awesome, church. Finally, there is, say finally. Finally, finally there's laid up for me the crown of what? <laughs> the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, Paul says. And not to me only, but to all, but to all, say all, all. who have loved his appearing. That's you in that verse. We one day we will get to we get to stand before God. We can take off the breastplate of righteousness and we trade it. He'll say, "Here, I got a crown for you." You know why? Because we won't need it anymore. We won't be battling anymore. The battle'll be over. We're gonna be standing in front of God. There's not gonna the devil's not gonna get into heaven. He can't ever come after you again. So we get to trade it. This breastplate of righteousness. His righteousness. He said, that, "That's a good one." But look, I'm gonna give you the crown because you have been faithful. You have given your life to me. You have loved my appearing, and so we're gonna get this crown. And guess what? We get to do with those crowns. We get to cast them at His feet because we don't deserve that crown either. We get to give it back to Him, and He says, "Welcome in." Now, good and faithful servant, come on in. Come on in. You're coming in because my son paid for you, not because you deserve it. But come on in. Jesus, uh, Jesus did you? Yeah, he's mine. Yes, she's mine. Let him in, Dad. Let him in, Dad. I paid for them. I paid for them. I paid for them. I've covered them. I've covered them. I've covered them. He's covered us. Would you stand, please?